Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Find out all that we do at businessofcannabis.com. Coming up on this BFC Live, we connect with Valda Koryat. She is the Chief Marketing Officer of TrueLeave, talking about the brand portfolio they are launching, as well as the ever-growing footprint of TrueLeave across the United States. Enjoy this conversation with Valda Koryat. Valda, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you because uh, we, we of course, are always following what TrueLeave does. And uh, we saw this come across our desk. We want to talk about the brands you guys um, have launched. Uh, tell us a bit beforehand for those mm-hmm. that have been, I don't know, living underground for a bit. Tell us a little bit about TrueLeave, the footprint you have now, the growing footprint you have uh, in terms of the business overall. Sure. So TrueLeave is a leading multi-state operator, as we call it, MSO, right? Uh, certainly we started in Florida. Uh, but we quickly expanded to California and Connecticut. We are now in six states. Uh, we have about 96 stores nationwide um, and about a 2.2 million square foot cultivation footprint. Uh, we produce nearly a ton, literally a ton, not figuratively, <laughs> of flour weekly. Uh, we have over 500 SKUs and about 7,000 employees. So. Definitely not, no longer small. No, uh, sort of a leader in the MSO gang, if you will. Um, and 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 um, talk a bit about sort of that expansion because uh, we, you know, I live in Toronto, I'm in Boston right now, but but that expansion, I mean, even the footprint in terms of numbers of retail stores of 96, I think you said, would be on the Canadian landscape, the biggest player in Canada in terms of mm-hmm. retail. Talk a little bit about that sort of growth and scale and that sort of time horizon because- that type of growth is just unbelievable. It is, it is. Uh, TrueLeave is about five years old, right? So if you think about uh, five years, wow, uh, starting with just one dispensary and now, as I mentioned, to 96. But we're also, of course, we have bigger ambitions. Uh, we have a hub model, right? So we look at five hubs nationwide. Uh, we certainly have Florida as our Southeast hub anchor. Uh, Now that we are also in Massachusetts and Pennsylvania, that's our Northeast hub. And then, of course, we have a little something on the horizon uh, with Harvest. (laughs) Um, We may have heard about something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, That, you know, if all goes well, uh, will give us a, a really strong anchor in the Southwest. So three out of the five hubs. It's a pretty, it's a pretty good run. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it always strikes me when people say, you know, five years, it seems like in the cannabis world, that seems like forever. But I think when we write the history of cannabis, like some business student in, you know, 10 years time, that first five years will be like, well, unbelievable to write about, but also everybody is in some form of startup and growth mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we, we definitely believe that one plus one is greater than two. Right. Um, so again, you know, all things go well. Um, we really are looking at a stronger overall company, mm-hmm. um, and you know, certainly that would expand us to 11 states um, and get us to about 126 stores. So you know, and, and grow that cultivation from 2.2 million up to about 3 million. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we're really excited about it, uh, but of course, we know that there's a lot of work to do uh, in our in our current states 
and look forward to partnering with a stronger um, and bigger team. Yeah. Talk a little bit about, because uh, what came across our desk um, was about the brand portfolio, sort of expansion mm -hmm. and launching. Talk a little bit about that, but, but especially in the context of the consumers you're going to be reaching and maybe the insights upon which you're drawing to actually create the products that bring to market and attract customers in and retain them. Yeah, so when we started in Florida, it was just a medical market, right? Um, so you really, and, and at the time that we started, flour wasn't even a part of it. So you're talking about your tinctures, your capsules, your topicals, uh, things that I think were, you know, are a lot closer to more, I would say, um, traditional medicine forms, right? Uh, your, your pharma, your OTC type products. And then, of course, as the market has evolved um, across many states, we realize, you know what, yes, there's always a need uh, for from a medicinal standpoint, but more and more people have joined. So whether they come in as patients or on the adult use side, we're finding a spectrum of people in terms of their experience level, their needs, their lifestyles, um, generationally, right, where they sit, really interesting. While millennials are certainly a key driver of um, cannabis growth, we're also seeing growth in the 60 plus, right? So, you know, you think about where people are in terms of their life stage and, um, you know, there's a great opportunity, I think, to make shopability easier for them um, as you, as we and others continue to provide a greater and, and broader spectrum of um, products available to them. Yeah, it's interesting the way you sort of described it, the different, because it is, of course, serving consumers who uh, are, are already there. It's mm -hmm. also, I mean, I think it's sort of about Florida. It's like there are also consumers who are going to be either new for the first time or more likely returning to cannabis in its Absolutely. sort of new form. And like how to welcome, it's an interesting like marketing strategy challenge. Mm -hmm. Like what do these, what, what are they there for? What are they thinking about? And within that, I think it's like, we often think about like, there's a rec market and a medical market, yeah, but there's so. really, most people are somewhere, I guess, in between there, like the broad term is like wellness or health. Like, is that how you're sort of thinking about brand positioning as well? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's different need states, right? So um, with those original products, you know, in a medicinal market, you probably are looking at more wellness, right? I like to describe uh, to people who may not be as, as cannabis involved, uh, you take a daily vitamin every day, uh, probably add some supplements. Uh, CBD capsules would be great, right? Um, we're, we're learning a lot about minor cannabinoids um, that are helpful uh, with everything from inflammation um, to just really fine tuning your endocannabinoid system. Then you've got, I'm a mom, right? So you've got these <laughs> uh, folks who, I don't know, you know, maybe, um, you know, they, they need help with sleep right? Um, you're multitasking and so forth. Well, again, I'm going to mention another minor one, but CBN, right? And we have that in different forms, including in gummies. So uh, when you think about, you know, edibles, for example, as a product form, particularly gummies or chocolate, you have both a need state that maybe is a little bit of a guilty pleasure, right? On, on the one hand, um, you know, and, but then there's also people that are looking for discretion, Right, so they certainly have bought into cannabis, but they're not necessarily say as loud and proud as somebody who's a canna connoisseur. Uh, you know, the the consumer that you mentioned who 
um, you know, maybe uh, use it in the 70s, right? And kind of, you know, there was a lull for a moment and then they come back and I don't know, they're, they're cool again or it's cool again. Uh, so, you know, they're outwardly using it and, and absolutely love flower, right? There's something really unique to that flower experience. Um, some people are looking for inspiration, you know? Uh, one of the brands that uh, I'm sure we'll get to, but that we're launching that I'm excited about is Muse, right? When you think about cannabis as your muse, really fascinating, just conceptually, um, but even just from a reality of cannabis, my family's from the Caribbean, right? And so um, it's, you know, certainly something that, that I grew up knowing about, but when I, one of the first things I think about when I think about cannabis are music artists, right? Or artists in general. And so the idea of a brand called Muse um, that is that inspires you, right, uh, to do things creatively and so forth just fits, right? Um, when you think about, um, you know, maybe that that me moment, right? Again, I mentioned that guilty pleasure. So those need states are very real. I think there's, you know, certainly sort of your everyday uh, routine consumption, but then there are moments outside of the routine uh, that you may be looking for something, um, you know, maybe that you don't consume every day. And that's where, again, these brands, as we continue to evolve the portfolio, really come in. Yeah. And the nice part is, uh, from a truly perspective, is that with the, 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 the footprint of actually direct to consumer, right, the, the sort of mm -hmm. 96 um, stores, there must be direct loop feedback to the brands you're launching and that how they're well, how they're being received in store from a like anecdotal level, but also from mm -hmm. a, a skew level uh, at sort of POS and understanding what people are buying, why, um, like how 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 does that feedback loop within TrueLeave sort of inform what you're doing, you know, in real time? Yeah, and I guess I'll add we we do uh, use a daily feedback loop, right? Um, and that is everything from our customer uh, service team that's out there. Um, our store associates, but also our social media team that's actively listening. Um, but for development of the brands and our brand architecture, we also conducted primary research. So there's a combination of what we know from our customers and also a searching really for things that maybe uh, we weren't as aware of that may actually be uh, on the horizon and developing um, dynamically as the market expands and as new people come in. You know, are there white spaces out there, some things that either our brands or our portfolio can fill? And so the feedback loops are, you know, really, I think, you know, Kim was really visionary um, in starting the company uh, by really ingraining that um, literally from the very top all the way down. It is not a one function responsibility. Uh, we, we like to say, if you see something, say something, right, right. <laughs> you know, not necessarily, um, you know, taken from, you know, other contexts, but uh, in the sense of this is all of our company, right? And we want to really put that customer first. And so um, if anyone in the company sees something that's not quite right or something that, hey, I, I heard this uh, from a customer, maybe we should consider it. Uh, that does bubble up to our operations team, our ops team, as we call it, and then we action against it. Yeah, it is interesting and a unique sort of proposition for uh, MSOs that have footprints. Uh, is that the right plural of footprint? Footprint? Mm -hmm. Footprints um, <laughs> across different states that, that not every state is going to be different. And even within mm -hmm. a state, there'll be 
like microclimates or microgeographies of of what consumers need and want. And you know, mm -hmm. even thinking about Florida, where there you're, you know there's suburban environments and and then there's um, you know uh, I would say tourist environments and with different needs, states, different consumers, different um, actions uh, of of even the team on the ground. It, mm -hmm. it is an interesting sort of um, uh, proposition for the companies like yours with that footprint to be able to analyze what's happening, obviously in real time, but then over time with different mm -hmm. consumers, different geographies, even within, um, you know, within the company, it could be, you know, different environments in Massachusetts versus Mass versus Florida versus Arizona, and everybody's, you know, you, you can tailor it to those different consumers. Yeah, I think climate plays a factor, right? Um, Florida sort of summertime all year round. Um, but then you also have, I think, uh, those who have a commute, right? There's factors. I, you know, I lived in New York for many years and that commute boy uh, on the trains, um, you know, for like an hour plus per day each way, um, you know, also creates sort of a real consumer dynamic um, that people consider as they, you know, make choices about what they use, um, when they do. Uh, you also have, you know, a very active community, I, I would say as well. Mm -hmm. uh, one uh, group of consumers, uh, you know, I'm just thinking about folks that are, um, you know, physically active, not necessarily running marathons per se, uh, but folks who lift, um, you know, pain relief uh, is definitely something that um, we found a lot of people, whether you're a tennis player or you do CrossFit, right? Um, that oftentimes uh, people would be surprised, some, some would anyway, um, that cannabis is absolutely a part of their life. Yeah. And if you follow trends like that, it's like, what will be the pickleball gummy in Florida? Like, <laughs> it's I'm, so funny you say that. My husband played pickleball over the weekend. That's too funny. It is. It's, uh, it's, it's all the rage. It really is. And I know Florida, it's big down there. And, and I think in Arizona too. Uh, mm -hmm. But even, you know, in Massachusetts right now, it's just taking over. And it's like, yeah. it is this association with that, you know, that this active lifestyle and this sort of in between rec and medical that I think is mm -hmm. where, where a lot of the, um, the industry is sort of headed because that's where consumers already are, whether mm -hmm. they're, whether they're going to a store because they have a medical card or whether they go into a, a, a dispensary because they want, you know, cannabis, you know, uh, pre-rolls, like they, they are not defining it in their minds. One or the other, they are defining Absolutely it sort not. of somewhere that's in the middle. Right. And I think that that's important, obviously from a business perspective, but, and this isn't what we want to talk about, but like, is that also important? I think, I guess from like a regulator perspective, like it's not binary one or the other, it is really, you know, it's more like the, the, those aisles in like Whole Foods and, and uh, Walgreens and CVS, like there's a wellness part of this that I think is really important to consider from a business perspective, but also from a regulator perspective. I think, I think the regulators are people too, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what I like you to think. Say. I don't know. I, I, I do. Kidding. I actually do. Uh, you know, they were children once and teens once and 20 somethings once. Uh, and so, you know, I think we're all learning through the evolution of the industry, right? So I'll go back to our brand Momenta, which is very much about wellness, which is very much akin to, you know, your daily vitamins, your supplements, uh, maybe more purely medicinal. Uh, but then, you know, flour is huge. It's still the single largest segment, right? Whether it is in whole, pre-roll or some other form. And so... Um, you know, from that standpoint, yeah, people, it's not as simple as medical or recreational or medical or adult use. Um, you know, we're still learning a lot, I think, about the, the plant as well. 
And so for us, um, we have the cultivar collection because we understand that there is that connoisseur out there who has discriminating tastes uh, and who understands that when uh, you really put more, um, you know, almost like craft beer, right? Mm -hmm. When you're, you're handling the plant um, more with your hands and there's more care that's taken uh, versus, um, you know, machine involvement, let's say, right? Um, that, they're, that it's worth the premium, let's say. Uh, you know, when I think about, um, you know, our edibles brand, Sweet Talk, right? Um, you know, you want some. I talked about that guilty pleasure, right? It's a little cheeky, a little flirty, um, not too over the top, but, you know, of course it serves a function, a functional benefit, but hey, if you're going to put something, you know, in your mouth to eat, then it might as well taste good too. Right. So that's where that, you know, you want some. It's like if somebody takes a slice of cake and you're you're sharing out at the party and somebody's like, no, I'm like, really, you're at a party. It's a birthday party. Just a little piece. Come on. You know, you want some. It's also <laughs> the, the form, the form, as I understand yeah. it, it's sort of 25 mm -hmm. milligram pieces. And it's like, I don't know how people are surviving uh, the, the the lockdowns and, and the recovery from COVID. Uh, as a parent, at least, without something just like this, frankly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, no, I, I do. I think, uh, and we did see actually, uh, funny you mentioned that in uh, 2020, right, with COVID, uh, there was absolutely a dynamic. There was what I would call pantry loading when uh, COVID was first announced. I think a lot of people were concerned that they weren't going to be able to get their cannabis. Uh, so maybe they they bought more than normal to make sure that they had it. And then of course, when we moved to, um, for those of us who could remote work or um, couldn't go to work for a period of time, I think there was also probably a bit of a, um, some consumption spike uh, that was included in that as well. So 2020 had a really unique dynamic as we were all, um, you know, in shock, but dealing with COVID and then kind of continuing on with life through COVID. Yeah. Well, Valda, this has been great to talk through sort of the, the launch of the brands, but also the thinking behind it, the feedback loop you guys have, the footprint of TrueLeaf. We hope you'll come back and sort of share more of, about how it's going, but we really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having me. And you know what? I look forward to uh, in one of our many states to, you know, hopefully people get to enjoy some of these brands as well. Well, I'm out. I'm going to head out this afternoon in Massachusetts. So I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. Valda, thanks for being here. We'll connect with you down the road. Thank you so much. That was Valda Curriott, the Chief Marketing Officer of Truly. If you like this program, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you heard the show. It helps support the work we do. We're able to do what we do because of our ongoing partners, including Alterna Savings, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Gallagher, Headset, and Torque Mains. Find out all that we do at businessofcannabis.com.